T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Big political stories of 2018, the race for Illinois Attorney General. There won't be an incumbent on the ballot because Lisa Madigan isn't running for re-election. And the Democratic primary field is eight candidates strong. This weekend, you'll get to know Renato Mariotti. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Attorney General Madigan surprised a lot of people, practically everyone actually, when she announced that she's not running again, and the political landscape shifted. A man who was running for governor switched over to this race, and a man who was governor decided to try for elective office again. You might wonder why a first-time candidate would even enter the churning waters here, but there are in fact a couple of them in this race, and Renato Mariotti is not a complete unknown. Uh, You may have seen him on CNN, MSNBC, and some other media platforms as a legal commentator and contributor, mostly since President Trump was elected, and he's active on social media too. Renato Mariotti is a Chicago-born and raised former federal prosecutor. His parents worked hard to put him through college, and he won admittance to the Yale Law School. As a lawyer, he has worked in private practice, uh, and he did that before spending a decade in the U.S. Attorney's Office. He was part of the Securities and Commodities Fraud Section. He is back in private practice now and obviously running for office. Renato Mariotti, welcome. Thank you. Um, Well, let's ask the obvious question first. Why do this? Uh, You've worked in the law, but you have no real government experience. Uh, I don't see any indication that you've been a boss before. (laughs) Uh, so what, why does the experience that you do have make you the person for this job? Oh, that's a great question. I certainly have a different kind of experience than my opponents. I, you know, I think I'm the only person in the race who either isn't in elected office now or isn't been appointed by, hasn't been appointed by ROM to something in, in city government. And it does set me apart. But I have a lot of experience investigating crime. I have a lot of experience trying cases. I think that's the sort of experience that the attor- that would help somebody be a great attorney general. I mean, that is really what the attorney general's office does. And I will tell you, when I was a federal prosecutor, having somebody like Pat Fitzgerald there who had tried a lot of cases, investigated a lot of crime, was really helpful when we were deciding wh- whether to bring a case, whether to you know settle a case, essentially, you know, when to hold and when to fold them, so to speak. And I think you know that would help me as an attorney general be be the a good steward for the state and and bring cases that can have the highest impact. So, you know, for me, why am I doing it? Um, you know, it's interesting. You know, you talked about how I, I do a lot on media just a minute ago. And that is really as you as you mentioned, really started since Donald Trump was elected. I was a federal prosecutor until last June. I'm forty one now for what it's worth. And um and um I decided after he got elected that it was time for me to speak out more. I write a lot of op-eds. I had one in the Washington Post yesterday, but I publish them all over the place. I do a lot on social media, and it's important to speak out, and I think that that, that, that shouldn't be underestimated. I think there's a value in it, but I think actually being on the front lines, bringing cases on behalf of people is something that you can do that's a lot more. So you know, a few months ago, 
I had written, for example, an op-ed about the DACA uh, decision that that Trump had made about how you know he's rolling back um, this this protection for these for these uh, young kids, and I talked about how the legal system could be used to protect those kids. Well, instead of writing an op-ed now, I could actually bring a lawsuit on behalf of Illinois residents who are affected by it. That that's the difference. Um. In fact, your your introductory video makes it almost seem as if you're running against President Trump, uh, uh, the one that launched your campaign. How much should resisting the president's agenda be a part of that office? Well, I think it I think it should be an important part of the office. I mean, one difference I think between myself and and maybe other some of my opponents, but and just I think it, uh, the way that we ordinarily think of that office is here in Illinois, we've thought of it as, hey, this is a consumer protection office. It does certain has certain functions. I think we need to be more aggressive with that office, not only resisting President Trump, who I really believe is a threat to our democracy, but um, I also think we need to be aggressive about going after the rich and powerful. You know, you talked about how I was in the securities and commodities fraud section. What I'm known for is a federal prosecutor. And if you had asked, you know, if you had read an intro about me a year ago, people would have said, well, who's that guy? Well, he's the guy who convicted the first high, first guy to convict a high frequency trader. You know, or first person to to handle, you know, certain types of big, complex financial cases. I went after people who are taking advantage of the system back then as a federal prosecutor. And what I want to do as attorney general is, you know, go after the rich and powerful who are taking advantage of the system to stack the deck against people like my parents. I mean, you mentioned how my parents worked hard. My dad didn't even graduate from high school. He's a cashier at Walmart now. Um, and you know, he worked two jobs. My mom worked two jobs to put me through school. Those they're struggling to make ends meet and they always have been. And there's a lot of people around Illinois who are like that, who are being victimized by people who are taking advantage of the system. Did the, uh, the kinds of cases that you handled also give you uh, a good insight into government itself? I think so. You know, first of all, we worked with the attorney general's office and that's part of the appeal. I, I will tell you, you know, people think, oh, well, the attorney general, it, it, well, one thing I'll tell tell listeners, I, I don't think people realize the attorney general ha, ha, does more uh, on the civil side of things than the criminal. And I, and people are like, well, what does that even mean? Well, civil is where you bring lawsuits. And that doesn't sound as sexy as putting handcuffs on people, but it can be very, very important because when I was a federal prosecutor, I had to develop evidence beyond a reasonable doubt before I could bring charges against somebody. That could take years to do, and we're finding that out in some of the investigations that are in the news. It takes a long time. But when you, when the attorney general sees a wrong that is being committed, the attorney general can bring a lawsuit and make allegations and generate attention on that person. And if somebody is committing fraud or if somebody's committing wrongdoing and they know that they're facing a lawsuit from the attorney general, sometimes they can take quick action, change their change uh, their actions before uh, there's even a need to go further with the lawsuit. Uh, and let, let's continue along those, those lines because uh, the vision of what the attorney general's office should be is often uh, an issue in the campaign. I know when Lisa Madigan first ran for the job uh, against Joe Burkett, uh, it was this dichotomy of uh, she saw herself as, and, and still does, as, as a, the state's premier consumer advocate. He saw it as uh, the job as basically the chief prosecutor, the one going after the bad guys. That doesn't mean they're, uh, they're mm-hmm. both good people and they, and they sure. have, but, but, it was a matter of emphasis. So where does your balance come out 
uh, mm-hmm. between those things? That's a great. That's a great question. I, I think if I if I had to tell you what is my number one goal as as Attorney General, it is to use that office to make an impact on what I call social justice. I mean, there are. That, you know, we keep seeing and we saw this. We had this tax bill. That's the news that on the news this morning, um, this tax bill that got passed that's helping very wealthy people, corporations. I think that the deck is getting stacked in their favor and it's being stacked against average working people. That is the, the number one thing I, I, I think I could do as attorney general. And it's along a number of lines. Some of it, you know, there can be a criminal component to it, but a lot of it is bringing civil suits against corporations that are, you know, that are, for example, praying lenders that are preying on people um, in, in the environment. There are companies that are polluting our water and, and, and you know, dirting our air. And that has an economic justice component because that often affects communities that are disadvantaged much more than it, it affects um, others. But, you know, there are people who are preying on our seniors, for example. Um, so there's a lot, I think there's a lot of um, people who are, or there's something called wage theft, where literally you have employers who aren't paying people the wages that they're owed. So, owed. So, I think there's a lot of ways in which the attorney general can get at that, and I, I want to do that kind of through a number of different lenses. Yeah, I know you also talked about economic justice, uh, and you touched on some of that. But what, what do you really mean when you say that? What I mean is, um, ha- being an advocate for working people who can't afford legal representation of their own to vindicate them. So here's what I mean. Let's say, for example, there's people across the state who um, are each harmed $100 by a bank. Let's just say, for example, well, they're not going to hire a lawyer to, to sue somebody for 100 bucks. I mean, that's just not, that's not worth doing. It's that you can't afford somebody. But the attorney general can do something about it. If thousands of people are being harmed by $100 each, the attorney general can act and create millions of dollars in benefit for people across the state. And that's the sort of thing that I think the attorney general can do. Taking taking action when somebody is being taken advantage of when they would ne- not necessarily have the resources to do it themselves. Um, one of the other uh, frequent debates in this uh, this realm is also about how much of a focus there should be on public corruption. Uh, there's sometimes uh, some some people have criticized uh, Lisa Madigan for, in their view, not going after public corruption as much. What do you see as the the role? Because you know, some might argue that that's really for the U.S. Attorney's Office, where you used to mm-hmm. work. They're they're much more uh, equipped for that. Well, I will tell you, I I I I recognize that that is a huge problem in Illinois. And being a former federal prosecutor, I've seen um, a lot that is makes me queasy. Um, about politics in this state. And I will tell you, it is one of the things that gave me pause about doing this. I mean, I, I think running for attorney general, it's, it's a race where, um, you know, it, it's, you're running to be a lawyer, the chief lawyer for, for folks in the state, but it's definitely a concern just even getting involved in the political system. I, I, I can see why people are concerned about it. Um, and, and I do think that, uh, you know, when I talk to people around the state, there is this impression that, that, as you mentioned, that Lisa Madigan hasn't done enough. I think, you know, part of it is because she has a connection to somebody who's obviously very powerful in political office. I mean, I will tell you, you know, I've I've never had a conversation with her father or really any of the other big insiders, uh, you know, that you might um, that you might know. And I think that's something I bring to the table here. I'm certainly somebody's very independent. I am I, my experiences as a prosecutor. I'm not anybody's candidate in terms of being uh, a stooge for any insider. 
But I, I will say this. I do agree with you that the U.S. Attorney's Office, the federal prosecutors, should be playing a lead role in corruption cases. And so what I think is, as attorney generals, what I could do is this. First of all, when there are when there are allegations of corruption that I become aware of, I would be working with the U.S. Attorney's Office to not only provide them information, but to help and assist in their investigation in any way I could first. Second of all, I think we need to have more transparency in state government. And that's something that I would be fighting for, because I think that's really a big part of the issue is there's all these these sort of backroom deals, things like that. And third, I really think that we need to go beyond what the law requires. So part of the problem here is there's a lack of trust in the Democratic process. And I will tell you, my supporters, a lot of them, frankly, are concerned in our own party. I mean, as a Democrat, a lot of people distrust the leadership of our own party. I think what we need to do is go beyond what is required by the law and try to adopt principles that make people have confidence in us as as stewards of the public public good and public resources. So I would try to be proposing, you know, a set of policies to try to go and above and beyond what the minimum is. And I would be advocating for that on behalf of people. Uh, I want to uh, raise another issue that uh, would face the office in one form or another, and that is a violent crime. What role should the attorney general have in combating the violent crime that's been plaguing Chicago and other areas across the state? That's great. I mean, the, the attorney general's got a, a, an important role to play there. At, you know, one, one of them is on a policy uh, side. You know, they, people don't realize how expansive the role of the attorney general is. But one of those one of the roles uh, that the attorney general has is actually being an advocate for legislation that affects um, uh, criminal law uh, in the state of Illinois. So that's one important way. The second, and frankly, one thing I think we need is criminal justice reform. We have, in many ways, while violent crime is a problem, we are we have overcrowded prisons uh, in in uh, Illinois, and that's because we have a lot of nonviolent folks in prison. I think we need to focus more on violent crime and on white collar crime. It's something that obviously is something I care about as somebody who spent time in that area, but I don't think we spend enough resources on. But then, you know, in addition to that, I do think the attorney general has an important role in policing. Um, um, abuses by the by the uh, by the police department as well. I mean, one thing that I agree that it, with Attorney General Madigan is, you know, she took action to try to step in um, and police the Chicago Police Department. Uh, and uh, she, there's been work on a consent decree there. I think that that's an important uh, role that the Attorney General's office can play. Um, let's talk a little bit about the field. You are up against some big names, not the least of which is former Governor Patrick Quinn. Uh, he comes into the fray with basically fundraising and campaigning skills and a base of populist supporters. How does a lawyer who has uh, not really done this before counter that kind of thing? Wow, that's that's a great question. I, I what I would say a couple things. First of all, um, look, I'm trying to run a different kind of campaign. Um, you know, I. Um, you mentioned my social media presence. I've got a bigger social media presence than all my opponents combined by a factor of 100, I, I would say. Um, you know, I'm using a lot of free media. But another part of it is I'm, I'm running more of a grassroots campaign. I, I will tell you, when I talked to some political consultants, they told me there's not enough time. Just, you know, raise money uh, and run TV ads. And I just have decided not to run that kind of campaign. And I have tens of thousands of volunteers who signed up and I've got them all around the state. It's a different kind of campaign and a different kind of energy. And I will say a lot of people 
um, in, who are insiders underestimated um, other candidates, whether it was Donald Trump, who I didn't didn't agree with, obviously, as you know, but also, you know, Bernie Sanders, when he almost won the, the nomination here in Illinois and shocked people uh, by getting, I think, 49 percent of the vote. So I think I think the traditional ways of reaching voters uh, are uh, are limited and we're going to be testing that. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore. My guest is former federal prosecutor Renato Mariotti. He is a Democratic candidate for Illinois Attorney General. Uh, let me bring up another uh, Democratic candidate, uh, and that is State Senator Kwame Raoul. He has the backing of the Cook County Democratic Party, uh, which means ground troops uh, to help him get out the vote. But you already alluded to the lack of trust uh, some people have for the party hierarchy here is backing from the party these days a good thing or a hindrance, as some of the people in the governor's race <laughs> would suggest. Mm-hmm. And and I we should point out the party chairman is uh, is uh, Joseph Berrios, who is the assessor, who has uh, also been uh, having to answer some uh, uh, allegations about the uh, tax system or the tax assessment system in the uh, county, uh, among other things. But is that is is it a good thing, bad thing to have the parties backing? I would say it's a mixed bag. I mean, look, the, if you're running, if if there are voters out there who are looking for an insider who the party hierarchy um, is is behind and has pushed, they're not going to vote for me. I, I know that. I mean, the, there candidates who are excuse me, voters who are looking for a candidate like that are not are not going to be um, picking me as their number one choice. I am voters who are not unhappy with the direction that Illinois politics is taking, unhappy with the direction our party's been taking. People who are want somebody who's an outsider, somebody who is bringing a new perspective, somebody who has experience as a lawyer um, and, a, and a prosecutor and a trial lawyer versus somebody who has experience in the party hierarchy as a politician that's who's going to go for me. So from my perspective, you know, there's there's a bunch of po- politicians and insiders in the race. They're going to split the support of the insider group. I mean, they're, for, from what I see, not all of them, you know, you, you mentioned Mr. Raul's got the support of Cook County. Uh, obviously, Pat Quinn has his own group. There are others in the race who have their own little base to support. You know, I, I'm I'm happy to let them split up the establishment vote. And, and uh, I'm going to try to represent the people who want change. Um. Scott Drury, who's another former federal prosecutor, there are like three of you in this race of uh, former federal prosecutors. He's challenging your petition signatures, suggesting there were some irregularities in the circulators and the notaries. Um, what do you say say to that? And do you have enough signatures that can survive this cut? I mean, as, as the search process or, or the challenging process, I should say. I'm, I'm not really concerned about the challenge at all. Um, you know, if you. If you get into the weeds of it, I, you know, I turned in thousands more signatures than I needed. I think he challenged barely enough to knock me on under, even if all of his allegations were true, which they're not. You know, look, this is a typical, pol- you know, he's a Springfield politician. It's his typical, it's a typical game that he's playing, trying to get, you know, trying to get his name in the headlines, you know, attack me. I think, you know, um, it's unfortunate because I really think this sort of stuff, um, you know, somebody asked me when I was in line for petitions down in Springfield. We we're all there's a whole lot of us standing in line to turning turn in these signatures. They're like, "What do you think of this? It's such a great tradition and this and that." And I said, "You know, what I think of it is all of us standing here in this line could be doing a hell of a lot more to help people than spending this time in this line doing this. There's a lot of things in this process that I think are a waste of everyone's time. 
Uh, that's part of it. I, 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 we're fortunate. We had a lot of support. We're going to get on the ballot, but you know, this sort of, you know, it's unfortunate that he's wasting state resources on what is essentially a political stunt. Um, but, uh, you know, as, as any lawyer would know, the law is the law. And even if you don't particularly like it, you have to follow it. Is it possible that some circulators could have cut corners? Uh, I mean, you're, it's, it's, a, it's a rookie campaign, so yeah. not, a, not everybody has done this before. Yeah, no, I'm not concerned. I mean, just I've, I've looked through it and, and, you know, went through it with my team. I, it's not an issue. We'll be fine. And now... Just to raise the full field question, because you've got uh, two two female candidates uh, in this race, Sharon Fairley, the other former federal prosecutor, yeah. uh, and she was the head of the Police Accountability uh, Agency. Nancy Rotering is mayor of uh, Highland Park. You've also got, uh, among other candidates, Jesse Ruiz, the Park District president. Everybody mm-hmm. has a little bit of a different background. How do you make yourself stand out among them? Yeah, I, look, I'm I'm different. I mean, you know, all those people you mentioned, they were, like I said, they were appointed by Rom, they were or for to something like Sharon or or uh, Jesse, obviously with the school board and the parks board. Um, you know, they're associated with him or their or Nancy's been elected to office. I'm I'm different. You know, I am somebody who I would I think if if you know how do people know me? They know me as sort of a resistance leader. Um, online and off, uh, somebody who's very active and indivisible, somebody who is organizing people online, uh, you know, progressives. But I, and I'm also somebody who is a legal analyst and and a lawyer who's tried really high profile, important cases uh, and brought cases uh, investigating rich and powerful uh, people who abuse the system. That's who I am. That's what I'm doing this for. I have a different message than them. If you look at these other people, they have different programs, different priorities. Uh, and really a different message. And so, uh, you know, I'm going to try to focus on that message and focus on on bringing that message to voters. I think it's what I think is what Democratic primary voters are interested in. And the reason I know that is not because I've run a poll because I haven't, but it's because I'm one I'm one of these people. I'm one of these Democratic activists who's fired up uh, and uh, I'm reflecting our values and reflecting our agenda. Now, do you think the issues that are going to drive the campaign are going to be about the personalities, or are there specific issues that are going to either bring the voters out and make them vote one way or the other, or not? Well, I do think there's a real focus in the Democratic Party for stopping Trump. So you mentioned earlier that my video, it sounded like I was running against Donald Trump. Yeah, in a way I was. I mean, it's funny because before that video came out, a lot of people— in the race, I think, did not have that orientation. They weren't talking a lot about taking on Trump. There was some scoffing about that. Um, but I I think now a lot of my opponents are moving in that direction. So maybe they've run polls. I don't know. I haven't. But the reason I was focused on that is because, frankly, that's been my focus in in public, uh, whether it's on TV, radio, and print, on the Internet, uh, and social media. It's It's taking him on because I think— like many people in our party, I view him as an, a, a threat to our democracy. I view him as somebody who's taking away our constitutional rights. And I view him uh, as somebody we need to do everything possible to stop. And this job, attorney general, is a job that a lot of states are using, a lot of state AGs are using to to put be a check on the Trump administration. And I think people in the state are hungry for that. Um, I know when I, I'm in Indivisible Chicago, we had to do phone banking to, to Lisa Madigan's office to convince her to join one of the lawsuits uh, that other state AGs was were were um, were bringing uh, regarding the Affordable Care Act. 
uh, in contraceptive coverage. And we don't want to have to be calling. We want an attorney general who's going to be on top of that leading the charge. So I think uh, that is a real focus. Uh, let's talk a little bit about finances, because uh, money, getting your message out, uh, is an important uh, thing to worry about. Kwame Raoul seems to have the most cash on hand to to get his message out, more than half a million. Others, some others have in the two hundred to three hundred thousand uh, dollar range. Most have more than you. Uh, mm-hmm. How can you raise enough money to raise your visibility? Great question. Well. Couple things. First of all, you know you're right that some candidates have more than me. Some of them rolled over money from other races. So you had folks who were already uh, like Mr. Raul, a state senator, or they were running for some other office and decided to change their mind. Um, so they were rolling in some money. And then other people, obviously, they're regulating or passing bills on behalf of certain industries. They're getting money from those uh, entities. I'm not. So that's definitely a challenge for me. I don't have any sort of insider connection with some, you know, with some industry that I'm regulating. Um, That is an issue. But I would say this, you know, we've talked about what my strengths are and weaknesses as a candidate. One of my strengths is that I get a lot, you know, you talk about getting my name out there. I get my name out there. I get millions of impressions on social media every week. I get lots and lots of free media. So the real question should be not in a vacuum, how do I get my name out there? But is the difference between me and candidate X, whether it's 80,000 or 100,000 or whatever that difference in dollars, does that difference in ad money make up for the difference that the, 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 the social media advantage I have, the free media advantage I have? I mean, I think these people need to raise a lot more in money in, to, to run paid ads to make up for that difference, because I think we're going to have a crowded field. As you've mentioned, we also have a gubernatorial race that's going to get a lot of attention. I think it'll be hard for anybody's TV ads to really make a decisive difference. Uh, that, that is true. I suppose uh, radio and TV stations, uh, at least on the sales department side, which we have nothing to do with, uh-huh. uh, they're probably having a great time. Uh, but I, I wonder, though, is social media enough to overcome what some people uh, would think is a need for re- what they call retail campaigning? In other words, how much are you going to be door-to-door, shaking hands, are you how how much are you going to go downstate, or does your online presence uh, mitigate that somewhat? So I have been to over twenty towns across Illinois already. Uh, I've been more focused on downstate than I think any other candidate. That's just part of my strategy. I'd say is to try to represent the entire state. I was down in Bloomington this week, uh, this past week. So. Um, I am very fortunate because of my grassroots support. I have organic groups in a lot of these cities, you know, Renato, Central Illinois for Renato. uh, And I got these groups that are very excited uh, um, to support me. And, yeah, I'm going all over the place. And, frankly, that is actually, I think, a difference between me and my opponents because instead of being focused solely on fundraising, I think a lot of people have this the view that you can't get out there enough between now and March to make a difference. And my strategy is partly a grassroots type strategy. So I'm I'm out there. Yeah. Uh, do you uh, do you get down to, to the southern part of the state much? Because, uh, yeah, a lot of people in central Bloomington is kind of the central part of the state. And that's at least for Chicago candidates. That's usually about as far south as they go. Uh, uh, how are you doing there? Well, it's fair. <laughs> I mean, I, I have I've gone, you know, I have not gone to the furthest tip of the state to Cairo, but that I will be going there. Uh, we have a trip planned after the holidays. So we'll be we'll be heading down there and I'm you know fortunate to uh, have some support down there. And so we will be doing that. But you're right. It's, I do more time in central Illinois and in western Illinois. I've been went out to Knox College recently, did an event there th- than I do in the southern. 
And you brought up the other race that is uh, is sucking up the oxygen, This, uh, Mm. and that's the governor's race, also a crowded field. Who do you like for governor? Wow. I'm not supporting anyone publicly for governor. Um, I have a lot of, you know, there's a lot of my supporters are behind one of them, but I, I have told them, you know, I'm staying out of that race. I think each of these gentlemen have uh, a lot of strengths and weaknesses and they'll all be better than Governor Rauner, which is the important thing. And and finally, and we only have about 30 seconds left. What do you think of Governor Rauner, the job that he's done and uh, his efforts, whether it's been for things like uh, what some are calling sanctuary state or or immigration reform two two things i mean i think he's almost bankrupted our state and there are people across the state when i've gone around traveling who are very upset about bills that haven't been paid but he's also attacked our unions and tried to wage war against them and i and i'm really concerned about that that will be the final word that is attorney general candidate renato mariotti thank you for spending this time with us thank you for having me Uh, To our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That is cbschicago.com. You can follow the audio links. Uh, You can also find our podcast on radio.com. I will be back next week with another edition of that issue. In fact, it's our year-end edition with uh, the family of the now Intercom family. Uh, And I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. WBBM and HD Chicago. WCFS-FM and HD1 Elmwood Park, Chicago. When you see traffic information we need to know about, call the WBBM Pure Sleep Traffic Tip Line at 1-855-780-ROAD. That's 1-855-7623. News that matters around the clock. Breaking news at any time. From the MB Financial Bank Studios. MB means business. This is Chicago's all news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. WBBM. WBBM News Time 959. Coming up in the next half hour on News Radio WBBM. A would be robber is shot by his victim in the South Loop. Police in Riverside say a man was arrested for driving drunk with two children in the car. And Christians welcome Christmas across the United States and around the world. More on the way from CBS News. In WBBM Sports, the Bears top the winless Browns 20 3 at Soldier Field. The Bulls are off until Tuesday, and the Blackhawks don't play again until Thursday. In the AccuWeather forecast, tonight mostly cloudy skies. Snow in northwest Indiana will taper off a low of 14. And tomorrow night, Tomorrow, Christmas Day, intervals of clouds and sunshine, a high of 21. It's 19 at O'Hare and 21 at the lakefront. WBBM News Time at the Tone, 10 o'clock. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.